Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Anything hotter than the weather in Markdale is episode 58 of For Future Considerations. Uh, my name is Matt, John, and Manny here as well. Boys, feeling some heat with uh, some of the topics we got coming up here today. I'm excited. How are you? Good. I picked the hottest day of the year to mow the lawn, so that was a brilliant move. Good for you. How hot is it in Markdale, John? <laughs> it's so hot. No, I don't know. It's awful. <laughs> It's so hot, it's awful. I spent the whole weekend in a, an arena, which in, was down in Windsor-Essex, probably the nicest weather weekend of the entire summer. So it was nice to go from minus 32 Celsius to plus 36 Celsius outside and back and forth all weekend. That was that was good for the body. So what were you doing in an arena? Oh my God, there's Hockey. Guys, no. guys, there's wow. hockey. I know it's real. They're real Come people on. and everything. We're allowed to have five people per each team on the ice. It's unbelievable. Yeah. No oh, way. yeah. The, the uh, Leamington Flyers had our evaluation camp over the weekend. Was uh, was awesome. Uh, some unbelievable skill from this area, as we we know there is, and uh, and real excited uh, to to get to spend some time in the. Uh, in the arena with the boys and get caught up and uh, and and ready to go for sure. You just had to catch pneumonia almost to do it. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. That's a that's a fair trade, right? I hadn't been into a uh, an arena since last November, I guess it was. So we all got to make sacrifices. That's great. Well, I went to the United States for work, and I don't recommend it because you never know if you can come back. Oh, that so. sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> So, Canada didn't uh, want you back. Apparently. <laughs> Even though you're a Canadian citizen, you may not be able to get back. Oh, home. good good advice. <laughs> so, but uh you got another covid test, so that's good, right? Yeah. And I tested negative. So that I only time when you're supposed to be well, it's good news when you test negative. <laughs> Well, there may be some other times, but we won't get into that. (laughs) That that ends your streak of testing positive on a few things, doesn't it, Manny? (laughs) Listen, one time in college. (laughs) A little bit of ointment and it cleared right up. Right? Is that the old joke? My mom was so proud of me. I uh, took a test this weekend. I got two A's and a B, but the test was for hepatitis. <laughs> That's a great joke. That is a, that is an oldie, but a goodie. I love that one. Uh, it's still yeah. relevant today, kids. Oh. I told you we'd have a great episode, boys. We're off to a flying start here. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> we're only doing one of these this week we gotta jam it all in right that's right we've already lost john it's two that's minutes right. in and we've that's lost right. john well, uh. hell he tried to mute you earlier so yeah. 
I didn't even I didn't even bash the CFL yet. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's having a day. <laughs> Uh, well, as Matt said, uh, this is going to be our only episode this week, but we're going to make it a good one. There's no OT again this week, but... Yeah, uh, please, listen back. Uh, I promise one of the other 57 are pretty good. You can go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts, great debates, and great guests as well. Yeah, maybe not the debates, but the, the guests have uh, been really good. Wyatt <laughs> Johnston... Pasquale Zito, Ethan Burroughs, Andrew Parrott, all from the OHL. We've had coaches, Rocky Thompson, uh, Jeff Kurzakis. We've had uh, award-winning managers and Mike Fuda uh, on as well. So go back and check out some of those episodes. I actually had a, a phone conversation with Jeff Kurzakis last night. Uh, was was chatting with him a little bit. Man, he really doesn't like you, Manny. It really like <laughs> looking after that conversation and listening back to the podcast. He can really put it on when he has to. He just has no like for you whatsoever. He puts on a show. He's he's so two faced though. He says <laughs> says great things about me to my face. Calls John names behind his back, but when he comes on the episode, he's John's best. Oh boy, it's great to see you again, boys. Uh, <laughs> crackers. <laughs> and uh, remember as well social media uh, podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook all kinds of uh, videos uh, stories clips breaking news news behind the stories stories before the people making the stories even know their stories all of those on our social media channels as well yeah, remember to email us too if you have a song that you want for Pump It or Dump It, if you have guest suggestions, if you have any questions for us. We had a great episode last week with the listener mailbag, so send us some more questions. I know we got some again this week for futureconsiderations at gmail.com. And we have plenty to debate on this episode of the podcast, including football and hockey, but we're going to start with some baseball. That is shot into left field, back at the wall, it is gone! And the first home run in MLB history in Iowa belongs to Jose Abreu. A laser over the wall and left, and the White Sox lead 1-0 here in the first. The first ever Field of Dreams game was played in Iowa between the White Sox and the Yankees last week. What did you guys think of the game? That was one of the greatest baseball events in the last 25 years. Uh, and that was even aside from the game. The game itself was an unbelievable game. It was a fantastic game. The The atmosphere, the stadium, the way that it was built up at the beginning with the pregame show and all of that, the jerseys, getting some of those old uh, cast members and such involved, the, you know, the pre-shows, all of that. Man, they did this. This was... Like I said, I think the best event that baseball has held in the last 20, 25 years. Could not agree with you more. I thought it was fantastic. Like even the ending, right? A Hollywood ending yep. for a Hollywood-based show. I thought uh, even the even the preliminary build-up to it, yep. like the the social media videos that they put out, the players walking through the corn onto the field. Oh, my God. After Kevin Costner. Yeah. Kevin Costner standing out onto the field. The music, the soundtrack from the actual mm -hmm. movie playing before the actual game. And then the game itself, like you said, was epic. 
It was yeah. great. The Yankees grabbed the lead late, and then the White Sox win it in a walk-off. Like, you could not have written that any better, even if you were a Hollywood film writer. And my wife, who's not even a baseball fan, she was loving all the drone shots and then the sun setting, the Iowa skies. Yeah. And like, you couldn't have made that more picture perfect if you tried. It looked like it was photoshopped. It looked so good. That, no, that was that was heaven for for one night. That that was heaven. And I, I can't wait uh, uh, for them to do that again. Well, and speaking of which, Major League Baseball has announced that the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs will play a Field of Dreams game next season. Do you guys think this should be done every season? Every season, one time, different teams. That's that's the rule. We're not getting into the NHL Winter Classic and the Stadium Series and the and the new new uh, New Year's Day game. And we're we're playing more games outside than they are inside soon enough in the NHL. You do this game one time. Every year, different teams, I don't care how you do it, but it's not always going to be the the White Sox. It's not always going to be the Yankees playing Boston. I like the fact that it's the Cubs and, and the Reds because obviously both teams have a ton of history. Really excited about the possibility in a few years when they get through some of the old teams that the Tigers would get to play in a game like that. I think that it is... It is baseball's premier night. That is the one night that I think baseball should either do this on like the Sunday of the 4th of July weekend or one particular day that becomes Major League Baseball's day. You play this game at 4 o'clock or whatever time it was or or 5 o'clock in Iowa. You get the sunset like you mentioned. You've got the teams rolling out. I think you have to do this every single year, but this... Of, of all things, you cannot overdo. You have to do this once. You have to let everybody be involved in it and make it as special as that first one was. I don't know if every other year works for me. Like, I, I, I loved the game. Like I mentioned, I really did. Why not do it every other year? Like, really make it special. Like, really make it like, like the Olympics or every four years or... <laughs> Really, if you count the winter and the summer, every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the World Cups every four years. The Euros every four years. Like, let's make it every other year and let's not water it down by having it every year. Like, I understand your argument about hockey. They have, it's more than one outdoor game. They have a stadium series. They have the New Year's D game. But what's it been? How long have they been doing that? Like, uh it's it's already old. Yeah. I don't want to see the field of dreams become old. Right, let's make it something special and let's do it every other year. I, I I don't mind it. I want to see it every year because I just want it to be something that's, you know, at the beginning of the season that gets announced that you know the schedule is out. This is the trade deadline day. This is the all-star game. This is that. And this is the field of dreams game. I'd rather see it every year. And the reason I want to see it every year is, like I said, I want all every major league baseball team involved in this game somehow that's the other thing that i'm losing interest in these outdoor games and all of that mind you the the ones that they have kind of scheduled this year aren't bad because they're in different places but 
The wings do not have to be in every single one. The Leafs don't have to be in every single one. We don't have to always do original six teams. Like, I'd like to see, a, you know, an outdoor Field of Dreams game because it's going to carry itself the way that it does between the Baltimore Orioles and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim because I think the game itself is going to carry it where you have to introduce all of these other teams instead of, oh, great, like watching Sunday night baseball in the ESPN schedule that they normally have. Oh, great, the Yankees are on again. Or, oh, this is going to be great, Boston is playing. Like, I want to see it moved around. I want to see Kansas City play Colorado. St. Louis. Yeah, something extreme like that. And... My only hesitancy with that, is, if you're in doing every other year, is like if I'm a Pirates fan and the Pirates are going to be up at the bottom of the list, or a newer team, you know, like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like as cool as this was, you by Manny's counting the way it's going, you're gonna be waiting about 25 years for Arizona to be in this game. So I think the the experience itself is going to be. Um, bigger and better when you get more teams involved but i want it to be that one that one big day every year that people have to look forward to would you always play it in iowa at the field of dreams or could there be another special game elsewhere the only like that's that's what i'm afraid of with baseball sort of like what hockey did baseball has seen how successful the field of dreams game Mm was now they're sitting there in a boardroom going let's play in Vancouver or let's play in London, England or let's play in Mexico. Let's play in the Dominican Republic or even Cuba, right? And now all of a sudden, I think it loses its luster. For sure. The only other place I would play that game is in Cooperstown, New York. That's the only other place it would be allowed to be played as far as I'm concerned. Did anyone else think when they were watching this game too that Gary Bettman and the NHL are probably sitting there going, wow, this is what we tried to do, and we have not even come close to what baseball just pulled off on their first attempt. It's tough, man. The, the outdoor hockey game is is tough. Uh, like, the Red Wings Maple Leafs outdoor University of Michigan Stadium I still think is the best outdoor game of the bunch. Um, I loved the idea in Lake Tahoe. Was it Lake Tahoe last year? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was awesome until – the ice conditions were awful and the sun was melting everybody and there was nobody there. Like that's, you know, I I think the way that the NHL does some of the winter classic games and the outdoor games doesn't make any sense to me in that kind of vein. Like why you have six games or six different teams rotating through an ice surface that's outdoors in the middle of the day. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I know it's all just network time, but no, I, I mean, uh, I, there's this one. I really, I, and I, I understand where you're coming from, Manny, and I, I, I agree with the, the thinking because this really, like, I really don't want them to screw this up. I right. really don't want this to get blown because that was so friggin' cool. And you and I are on the same wavelength. You want to see it every year as long as they don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. I'm saying do it every other year because there's less of a risk that they'll screw it mm-hmm. up. Like the first NHL outdoor game, it was the heritage classic mm-hmm. 2003, right? 2000. So they've been playing outdoor games now for 18 years. Yeah. And doesn't it feel watered down to you? It waters it down to me because we're seeing the same teams 
And there's so many of them. I Most of the time, like when they do these stadium series and then they do the Heritage Classic and then the New Year's Day game, like that should be one day and it should be New Year's Day and you should be moving that game around to different football stadiums or whatever it is. But with baseball, there's only so many real like stadiums like that, you know, that you can you can play in that are that kind of of prestige so cooperstown would make sense to me you know um little little port or what what's it called where the little league world series is played i mean that might be a cool scene obviously we need a different stadium uh but there's there's only a few places that that i think you could really really pull this off they've played 32 outdoor games in the nhl since 2003 that's a 32 lot. <clears throat> I watched the first five or six, and then I stopped caring. Yeah. And I was really excited about them when they started. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. Now it's time for our play of the week, picked by you, the fans, and our social media followers. And it comes from the world of baseball. Anderson hits it in the Tim Anderson hit a walk-off two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to give the White Sox the come-from-behind win over the Yankees in the Field of Dreams game. And Matt, take credit for it. Like, you called it in our group chat, right? Are we going to have a walk-off? Isn't that what you typed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was just setting up. I didn't get a chance to load up the uh, the, the website that I would use, but I would have uh, gone in heavy on that one for sure. Uh, it was, I, like you said, I mean, there's, there's no way around... Um, how how cool that that whole game was and the way it ended and you know having Kevin Costner in there and chatting with Joe Buck, um, who again d- you know we're, we'll get off track here, but I'm starting to lose any respect for anybody that doesn't like Joe Buck. Like that is he is uh, as He's good great. as gold in in every different scenario you put him in. And that conversation that he had with Kevin Costner, they were talking about how they got a chance to play catch together on the field beforehand like that that was that's the one beauty of baseball that I don't think there's another sport out there that can match is just that simple conversation that's happening between plays everything else is so fast right and, and baseball's got that pace that you know you can ask a question you can get an answer in and then there's a pitch and and you can have a steadier kind of conversation it was so cool you know i i uh, i'm glad the movie's back as far as getting exposure um i'm glad they were telling the story about the movie uh, i hope it's something that that lives on you know you can play a bull durham game too if you really wanted to throw that out there too yeah yeah mate that would be great but i thought and i i didn't mind the play of the week too like uh the fans picking that one yep. we had corbin burns striking out 10 straight jacob robson good old windsor boy making a great catch in his first ever That's start right. in major league baseball but you know i I would have been comfortable with either of them. I I voted for Tim Anderson. I don't know what you guys did. Yeah, I went Tim Anderson all the way. Yep, me too. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Visit Christina and Dennis in the London area. Quality that shows. They're talking about people from Windsor calling all the time. And and people (laughs) from Orangeville who called. That's great. they, They don't quite service that area, but they appreciate the love. 
And uh, well, you can look forward to our poll next Monday on our social media accounts. We're going to post the candidates for the top play of the week every Monday at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. You're going to see the videos and such. Vote for it on Monday. The results will come out on our next podcast, and Adam Hooper will vote on Thursday. Is basically how this <laughs> this pod normally works. Our our good friend Adam, who we got to get on again sometime soon to talk yeah. about Bryce Harper and how great the Tigers are and why he just can't figure out how to vote on a Twitter poll in 2021. <laughs> And a good old Canadian boy, Joey Votto, recorded his 2,000th hit on Monday night. Pale. 2,000 hits for Joey Votto. What a feat for Joey Votto. Only the second Canadian behind Larry Walker to reach 2,000 hits and the sixth Cincinnati Reds player to do it. Do you guys think Joey Votto belongs in the Hall of Fame? Wow, this is tough for me, guys. This was a tough one for me. Uh, so even though there's a bit of a Canadian bias there, I, I went deep into the stats to figure it out. How many first basemen do you think have hit 300 home runs in their career and have an on-base percentage over 400? There's only four. There's not going to be many, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Fox, Lou Gehrig, Frank Thomas, and Joey Votto. That's pretty impressive. That they've hit at least 300 home runs and have an on-base percentage over 400. Um, his career average, batting average, is over 300. Um, so I would say yes when looking at the numbers, though. He doesn't, he doesn't have huge home run numbers like others. He doesn't have huge RBI numbers like others. But he was considered an, M- an MVP candidate on multiple seasons with the Reds. He, he hasn't won a championship, mind you. But I think his numbers will put him into the hall, and I think getting over the 2,000 hit mark sort of makes that happen. You know, uh, Joey Votto is an interesting case for for baseball fans, especially the old and young, um, with the analytics and the extra stats and, and all of that. 2,000 hits in a career is obviously quite the accomplishment. It is not what's going to get you into the Hall of Fame. You know, look at some of the guys that are at 2,100 hits, which you would expect Joey Votto is going to be 38 next month. He's got a couple seasons left in him for sure. He probably eclipses 2,100. But as an example, you know, Mike Piazza, Dale Murphy, Duke Snyder, Yogi Berra, obviously Hall of Famers amongst all of them. Yes. Also in that list, Joe Carter, Ellis Burks, and Ruben Sierra, not Hall of Famers to me. 2,200 hits in their career. Willie Randolph is in that list. Not a an all, a, a Hall of Famer for me. But you look at Votto. One MVP, six All-Star games, a gold glove, like you said, batting over 300 for his career. And then the number that you find that, that first stat heads that, that love the, the numbers and where Joey Votto lives because of the walks and all of that, on-base percentage is 24th all-time right now. So, and only going to climb, you can expect based on he's having his best year this year at 37, about to turn 38. If he retires today, I have a really hard time putting him in the Hall of Fame because there's too many people around his numbers that aren't. But if you put him in two more years, and th- or three more years even, yeah, it becomes a little bit more 
the the case uh, that that he's he's earned it. I I couldn't vote for him right now, but not to say in the end of his career I I wouldn't. I think he gets in. Maybe not a first ballot guy like Larry Walker wasn't a first ballot mm-hmm. guy, but I I think Joey Votto eventually will get in. He's he's one of those crazy players. Some people think he's underrated. Some people think he's overrated. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, absolutely. But he's, I, I have not spent to be to be honest with you. I've not spent a lot of time watching Joey Votto. Uh, there have been, a, you know, he's made comments positive and negatives. I think he's kind of funny. I also think he's a bit of a jerk, uh, just from some of the interactions that you see of him. In different uh, in different platforms, I get how he seems to be a little bit overrated. I also see why he's a little bit underrated. So yeah, he is the the clinical definition of right down the middle when you look at old and new baseball fans. The yeah, analytics love him, right? Oh yeah, the they love, love him. him. They love him. Yeah. Yep. One of the things to note too about the Baseball Hall of Fame for people who gen- tend to watch hockey is baseball is a lot harder to get in than almost any other sport. Hockey is a pretty easy sport to get into the Hall of Fame if you're tending to be a hockey fan. I'm wondering why we would think that he shouldn't get in in baseball. And I like it that way. I, I like like a Hall of Fame to me. It should be hard. You talk about things that have been watered down a little bit. I think Hall of Fames in general have been watered down a little bit. I, I find it yeah, hard sh- to believe be hard. that every year in in depending on the sport, you know, in the NFL uh, just had like how many guys just went into the NFL Hall of Fame? Like six. Like in a, they in they a did year. it to over two years though right they they because of the pandemic like it's that's right? uh I I don't think the Hall of Fame should be every year you have multiple people coming coming in I mean some years there's just going to be that many guys but uh for every year to be multiple is um, I find that a little bit watered down and before we leave baseball there was also a no hitter in the last week. Center field, Marte, yeah! it's a no-hitter! Arizona Diamondbacks rookie Tyler Gilbert threw a no-hitter. He becomes just the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to throw a no-no in his first career start. There have now been eight no-hitters this season. The over-under was 12. Do you guys remember what your predictions were back in May? I said over, you guys said under. Yeah. Yep. So you guys are doing good. Because there's no good. way it's going to be over. Yeah, I feel yeah, good about under no at way this it's point. Be yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was that was a heck of a performance. Um, you know, from being in the rink, I found out two days later that uh, there had been a no hitter. But uh, <laughs> um, no, for you know, fourth career start or first career start, uh, fourth guy to do it uh, is is wild on on so many levels. I was reading about this guy. He was working as an electrician with his dad. Like two two years Crazy. ago. Crazy. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. We're going to start with a listener question. Paul in Niagara Falls writes, Hey guys, listen to the podcast every week. Great job. Keep up the good work. I know John is a CFL fan, but how about Matt and Manny? Are you guys paying attention to the CFL now that it started? Thanks for the question, Paul. Uh, <laughs> well, Paul! <laughs> um... <laughs> No, <laughs> I haven't watched a lot. I've caught some highlights. 
Uh, I don't know. The question's for John Moore. John, are you watching your BC Lions play, or what's going on? Yes, I have, actually. Uh, quarterback looks good, so I've been happy with that. And the players around him, I was worried he wasn't going to have enough time. I was worried he was going to get sacked a lot, but uh, that doesn't seem to be a problem. But if our kicker could kick in a straight line, that would be handy. I think he has shanked every single kick so far that I've seen this season. It is unbelievable. Even the guys on the radio were like, well, he's got the distance. If he ever could ever learn to kick straight, he'd have a career in this league. Who's your quarterback? I don't even know. Uh, was it was it Nathan Rourke or Michael Riley that was uh, starting in the last little bit there? Like I, I can tell you, I mean, from from my my standpoint, I thought Zach uh, Kalaros has been awesome uh, for for Winnipeg. Uh, I've seen a few of his games uh, so far this year. He's been really good. Stop. Um, like James Wilder at Edmonton, thirty carries, one hundred and seventy four rushing yards in two games. I thought he's been really really good. I really like what's going on in uh, um, in BC with Lucky Whitehead. This is a real guy, by the way. Um, Brian Burnham. I think I, actually Brian Burnham was a great story. I saw him at Food Basics on Thursday. He flies out to BC. He makes uh, three catches for for 47 yards. He's been outstanding. Uh, and I mean, what else can you say really about uh, about just the overall uh, defense uh, from uh, from a guy like uh, Simone Lawrence in Hamilton? Like he's just been awesome. We know that Matt can read off a screen now, ladies and gentlemen. Not only that, that I can click really fast as I'm talking. <laughs> um, our QB has been named uh, Player of the Week for Week Two, so let's see. Good. Was that uh, was that uh, Bucky White? Michael Riley. Was that guy's name? <laughs> Michael Riley. Michael Riley. Who's your kicker? Who got <laughs> who? The good part, if he misses, you still get a point, though, right? This is the CFL. You miss the kick, you still get a point. At he least, might be uh, the. BC Lions leading scorer by the end of the season. <laughs> so uh, Takiro Yamasaki is yes. uh, is 50%, which isn't bad. I got a lot of those when I was in high school. And <laughs> didn't, didn't you guys cut him? Didn't he? Get, I thought I saw that he got cut yesterday. Now, what's great is... Yeah, I'm, they did They did release him actually yesterday. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you day before yesterday. I'm looking, oh, on, so the, uh, I'm looking on the CFL.ca <laughs> website, and I'm going to need some explanation as to what some of these stats are because there's the field goals attempts, the ones that are made, the percentage, the long, and then there's just a category S, which I'm assuming is Shanks because Yamasaki <laughs> leads the league with three. <laughs> And the only Those kicker who's been, the only kicker who's worse is Boris Beatty of Toronto, who is two for five on the year, but at some point has hit the longest field goal of the year at fifty-four yards. So he's got a great leg; it's just not accurate, just, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, instead of singles, they should make that category shanks. Shanks, I think that's what it, that's what it should be. I think that's great. <laughs> Leading the league in shanks. Oh, I've just been made fun of for about five straight minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great stat. All right, now to your league. What about the NFL? <laughs> Training camps are underway. Um, are you guys paying attention to that? Not overly. I'm watching the Eagles because I'm a fan of the Eagles a little bit just to see what's going on there. But I haven't really been paying much attention to the training camps. No, uh, same with me. Um, you know, I, I've st I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks um, with uh, the Dallas Cowboys, so I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed seeing that that program back and and the that portion of it. Uh, the NFL preseason, I I get it's got to be as long as these guys have to be in in full 
physical condition to get ready. You know, it's one last preseason game, which is going to be nice uh, for for this year for sure, because it certainly is dragged on. I, uh, you know, I like following the Indianapolis Colts because I like their their management team. So I've I've kind of listened to that, but I'm also following them more so checking my my Twitter and, and Instagram feeds I'm figuring I might get a message that that, that they're gonna need somebody they're just losing bodies more than than uh, than BB Boris is uh, shanking the ball or whatever his name was from from Boris Beatty from Toronto so there's been a lot of again a lot of injuries and I always feel so bad for these guys that uh, uh, that you know, have been working out all summer long. They get into training camp. They're in week one. They haven't even played a preseason game. And in a, in, you know, some scrimmage in the on practice, they tear their ACL and their season's over. I mean, that's such that's such a bad rap for some of these guys. I've been watching the Colts too. Just I hope that Carson Wentz comes back so the Eagles can get a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And Tim Tebow, of course, uh, it's uh, he got cut last one game uh, with Jacksonville, and and that. Uh, that's gone for that's gone for him too. The Las Vegas Raiders have announced that every spectator will have to show a proof of vaccine to get into the stadium without a mask. You can also get a vaccine as you enter, but you have to wear a mask. And if you only have one shot, you can attend and wear a mask. What are your guys' thoughts on this policy? It's a lot of restrictions. <laughs> I mean, the first one that stands out for me is how are you how are you patrolling the guy who's got one shot that can attend and wear a mask in a stadium of 70,000 people? I mean, that one's impossible. Um, I think this is just going to be the way it's going to be. I think that, you know, if you're going to go to these sporting events, these large events, uh, you're going to have to show proof of vaccination. There's going to have to be ways around it. Having one on the spot, I hope they're not charging everybody $250 like some people I know just to get a, an instant <laughs> vaccination shot. But, but, I mean, it's it's going to have to be the way the way it is. Like, would you guys... I know you're you're both vaccinated. I'm I'm vaccinated as well. Like, do you have any problem going to a sporting event or or something like that if they were asking for proof of, of vaccination to show it? I certainly don't. No, the, there's an app that they have in Nevada, and this was this came out after the Nevada governor said they you can hold large scale venues mask free, but only if all the guests are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I I think this is a great policy by the Raiders. They want, you know, they played last year in a new stadium without fans. Right. They want fans and they want it to be packed. So to be packed, you encourage people to be vaccinated and you offer a shot. Yeah, they they have to have a mask if they're only getting the shot that day. But it, it's a step in the right direction. And eventually... Maybe by the end of the season, everybody will be mask-free. But do you think, like, in, in reality, guys, one shot you can attend and you have to wear a mask. Like, you've ever seen Rashad go to a football game? He eats his weight by <laughs> halftime. No, those those people aren't going to be wearing masks. Yeah, like, you're, let's right. Not, you're right. Let's not fool yeah. ourselves here. But, um, no, I think it's I think it's a step in the right direction. Word is that the NHL is going to allow advertisements on its jerseys, not this coming season, but for the 2022-23 season. What do you guys think of that? Uh, I think they do it in soccer. Uh, I think of all the four major sports, hockey is the one that needs money the most. I think this is a way to generate revenue for a league. 
uh, I'm okay with it as long as it's not plastered all over your jersey. If it's one symbol representing the company, the NBA does it now. The NHL, they need they need the money. I think this is a great way to drop revenue, and I don't see it being a problem. I've never minded it um, with the NBA. Uh, I actually think you know with the logo placement and all that. I think it's all right. The helmets have never bothered me in in hockey. Um, the the soccer's. Uh, Soccer uniforms I don't entirely get. Uh, same with it must be a European thing for me, but same with like European hockey. Like I sometimes have a hard time telling which one is the logo of the team and which one is you know <laughs> why is this team just wearing Chevrolet up across the front of their chest instead of anything else. So no, I mean it doesn't look good. I get it. It's not the classic look. It's it's going to be weird to see you know the a Red Wings jersey that has a C in one logo on one side and then you know the uh, <laughs> something for Little Caesars. Yeah, something for Dan Gilbert on the other side. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a little bit weird. And for me, this it, what sucks about it is the merchandise. I, I don't want to have to buy a shirt that has a you know a, my, you know my uh, my dad worked at GM his entire life. We've had a great life because of GM. I don't want to have to buy a Tiger jersey, not that it would from Detroit, but not to have to buy a, my team's jersey that has a Ford logo on it just because Ford gave my team money. So that's that sucks. I think marketing or I think merchandise takes a hit in that sense. But I mean, it was inevitable. Once one team did it or one league did it, everybody else was going to follow suit. It's funny because I remember the NHL floated this idea about ten or fifteen years ago. It kind of made the rounds, and I think that they put up a trial balloon. And I remember the fans were livid about it. And then as soon as I saw the logos on the helmets, I went, "They're going to go back to the jerseys in a couple of years." Once people get used to them on the helmets, the jersey is coming next. And sure enough, here it is. And Gary Bettman said the logos on the helmets generated more than one hundred million dollars. Yeah. Right. I, I was reading that the NBA patch generated one hundred and fifty million dollars a year. And I think you can still buy a Raptors jersey without the Sun Life patch. So maybe in the NHL, you can still buy a Red Wings jersey without the logo patch, which is supposed to be no larger than three and a half inches. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be huge. Like I, I think the NHL needs money, and this is a this is a way to generate it, not only for the league but for the teams. If they're gonna not put it on the jersey and make it so that if the sponsorship changes the following year, that if you're a real fan, you've got to go out and buy another jersey just because of the sponsorship logo. If you want to have the complete set, then I'll be happy with that. As long as they keep it off of the ones you buy in the stores, then. I think I can believe it. You're already reading with where I'm going with it, John. You're already <laughs> reading where I'm going with it. Every couple of years, somebody else is going to try to dip their toe in, just like these stadiums that change names every five years, it seems now. And everybody, you're going to have to get the next one because you're going to have the jersey out of date. This one's got the Little Caesars logo on it. The the new one's got DMC or something like that. It's, it's going to happen. It is going to look weird with some of the um, uh, some of the, the original six jerseys and stuff to see you know the the leafs crisp blue jerseys in that low and then have you know whoever it's going to be kind of sitting in the corner it is going to look a little strange but they need money and they got to pay these guys right and they got to take care of the sport and try to grow the sport and all that i mean you're going to find ways to to put money up i don't think anybody's going to stop watching hockey because there's a logo on the jersey 
And they lost a ton of money in the pandemic. This is a way to make some money back. Yeah. One more question. Uh, Jim from Windsor says, hey, guys, I love the podcast, but I have a newsy question. Do you like the fact there's a federal election in Canada? Yeah, so thanks for the question, Jim. Our American listeners, we have an election now. They just called a snap election. You can do this in Canada. You don't have to wait every four years like you do in the States. You can uh, call an election if you have a minority government, which is the case. And this one is a 35-day election. This this is like sports. Like the Liberals, their team, quote-unquote, air quotes team, is looking to take advantage of their good play, you know, the good feelings around them and trying to get a majority hold of the government. This is this is like sports. You can compare it to sport in the fact that they're they're gambling here a little bit that people like them so that they can form the next government and get a greater share of the next government. But to me, it's it's all about sport. To me, it's a waste of time. Um, it's not the time to do it when we're all still slowly leering to go outside. Um, for us to decide whatever the future may hold in 35 days, I think is unfair. Um, I don't see the purpose of this other than, like like Manny said, this is this is an opportunity that the liberals feel like they have to just step on everybody else's throat and try to get a majority. To me, that's this is not the time to play those games. I don't like it. I, I've voted in every single election. I can't necessarily say that this is going to sway my vote uh, that we're doing this again. But I, for one, think that this is a, a poor time to be selfish. And I take this as a selfish move by the, the liberal government to try to benefit from where they're standing right now and just willy-nilly decide that this is going to happen because it's going to work in their favor right now. I don't disagree with you. Like, I don't agree that we should be having an election in the middle of a pandemic, especially when there's another wave coming. I just think it's gamesmanship. And I I think if it was the conservatives in the same situation, they would do it. Mm-hmm. If it was this, the other party, the New Democrats, they would no, do it. absolutely. Well. I, I don't think this yeah. is just a liberal thing. I think this is anybody that's in it. But this, to me, is taking this. This has nothing to do with the Canadian people. This is... The, the parties that would be in control at the time feeling like they have an advantage and an opportunity to grow their government even stronger. I don't think this has anything to do with you or John or Manny or you know anybody else. I think this is just a, an ego play and, uh, and a chance to, to knock somebody when, when we're in a, in a feeling good about the people that are in charge, if you are. The one thing that I don't mind, I don't like the fact they're calling an election, but the one thing I do like about our country is that the campaign is usually like 35 or 40 days. It's not like the U.S. where it's just nonstop, where they're already talking about 2024 and is Trump going to run? And we get to hear that for the next three years. I love that it's 25 days. We're in, we're out, it's settled. And you can almost follow it like a sport if you want to get into it for the for the next month. It is sport, John. It is definitely a sport. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this and I actually said this to my wife recently. You were two of my best friends. I have no idea how how either one of you vote. We have never discussed 
what we who we vote for. And uh, Manny, I know who your wife votes for, but I have no idea who you vote for. <laughs> That's because the candidate was nice to her and had a dog. Yeah, when she covered an election. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I mean, I know, I know how, uh, I know how it works, and I know you're basically crossing your own votes out. But it still bothers me that I have to vote for somebody in my particular area who I don't necessarily like to vote for the leader that I do like, and uh, and vice versa. Right? There's there's somebody in my riding who, uh, luckily, would not be the party that I would be selecting. But you could have my best friend. Uh, either one of you guys as the leader of the country and I'm sure as hell ain't voting for you because I don't want this person to be anywhere near a seat of <laughs> any sort of decision making whatsoever I tell you my kids have a little bunny uh, at their mom's house and I, I trust that bunny to make a decision about what, what's going to happen in my life more than, than this person so luckily this person is not uh, the one that would be uh, of the party that I would be voting for so I get lucky, but there's a lot of people that that I'm sure are in that spot. <laughs> that's one thing that's interesting for us being in the media too is um, I can have the leader that I really like, the party leader, but then you know the local guy is a total jerk. Yeah, that's you've exactly met the it. local guy and you're like, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> that's exactly it. And now it's time for pump it or dump it this week. It's from Ariana in London who wants our take on this new song. No, you won't see me cry. The song is called Red Handed by Loud Luxury. So what do you guys think? Pump it or dump it? All their songs sound the same. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't they? But this is pretty good. <laughs> and, and again... I, I like Loud Luxury. This is a good song. This so, is a pump it song. So do I. This is a pump it song. Look, I don't know what the why this became a bad thing, and I don't know why people just think that this is new. Like, have you ever heard of an ACDC song that didn't sound yeah. like the other ACDC song? Like, <laughs> That's so true. Yes, Nickelback sounds exactly the same in, in all of their songs. Well, if you don't like the one song, you're not going to like any of it. But guess what? Every single song sounds the same, and they keep selling all these albums, so of course it's gonna sound the same <laughs> it's a great sound i love the song i love uh I, i've always been a, a loud luxury fan i like it i think that's that one and calvin harris and uh, you get me in front of a barbecue and uh and we're all set all right, well, sounds like we got plans on saturday we're boys good. We're good. let's do it rashad get in the car get in the car rashad start driving And that does it for Rapid Fire. Remember to send us your thoughts by email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors again on this episode, London Awnings, Quality That Shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. I talked to Shane this week as well. He said that for sponsorship money, he would be willing to get your company's logo tattooed on his cheek. So if you are interested in that, it's Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics. He will sponsor with his face. Uh, if you put up the oh, right, the right oh, amount. Oh, that cheek. Those cheeks. Uh-huh. I thought you meant some other cheeks. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he's, he's already got it marked down there. 
<laughs> he needs to stop going for walks because he doesn't have any room left on his cheeks. <laughs> Exit only, I think is what it says. <laughs> uh, remember, this is our only show this week. Oh, we lost Rashad again. Rashad's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that means that we've got to go. This is it. <laughs> Listen to all the other episodes. Follow us on social media. Rashad, hit the stop button. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.